When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. All right, everybody, welcome to the Blood Ground Show. My name is Josh. Hope everyone had a good week of international break and some Euro qualifiers and friendlies yesterday. Uh, let's get into some Barcelona news before we talk about some of the other scuttlebutt around world football. Uh, UEFA <laughs> is opening an investigation into Barcelona and the referee scandal. Got to be careful what I say because Barcelona are now going to sue publications apparently for uh, some of the way this is covered. But UEFA, this could get a little serious. It's hard to tell how much of this is, you know, how much of this is posturing, how much of this is just, you know, uh, <laughs> how much of it's actually serious. I know, like, it's the same thing with Barcelona where they're, quote, in the process of suing five media outlets with more lawsuits to be on the way, all related to allegations. Uh, I guess they don't have money to figure out a lot of their team situation, but they can afford to sue media outlets. It's interesting. But anyways, there's there's like reporting in some of the Spanish papers that UEFA could be so, uh, you know, scandalized by the payments that were made to uh, Jose Negrea, who, of course, was vice president of the referees technical committee. According to the club, these payments were uh, made in exchange for written reports. You know, it's being investigated left and right. But the investigation from UEFA is, of course, to see whether Barcelona ran uh, ran problems in contradiction to, or ran, did anything in contradiction to the UEFA regulations. And here's the thing. I don't know how much of this is posturing from UEFA due to the Super League and the fact that Barcelona were one of three clubs including Real Madrid and Juventus that were still, you know, holding on to the to the pipe dream that they have of the Super League. I don't know how much of this is like do, does you does UEFA really want Barcelona banned from the Champions League? Uh I don't think they do. Just being honest that this seems like a little bit of PR posturing. I would be dumbfounded and shocked if Barcelona were actually banned from European competition. They're one of the biggest draws in the world, unless they actually did something that we don't know about that is legitimately terrible. There's just no way they get banned. Um, international break injuries, we love those. 
Uh, Christensen is now at three to four weeks of the calf problem. Compound that with uh, Araujo's injury. And we're looking at some Jules Kunde, Marcus Alonso center back pairings, some Eric Garcia thrown in there. So that's going to be fun. Yay. Uh, I just have to say this. If the La Liga gap was six points instead of 12 right now, if Real Madrid and Marco Asensio hadn't been offside and had won that match, I'd be very concerned. But with a 12-point cushion, you would hope that one of the best defensive teams, according to the statistics, in the league of all time would be able to uh, be fine. Although being without Dembele, Pedri, Araujo, and Christensen, that's a tough beat. I'm not going to lie. That's not good. Talking about former Barcelona players, uh, Lionel Messi scored a free kick on a very emotional night in Argentina, his 800th career goal in the 2-0 win over Panama. And Lionel Messi, according to his good pal Sergio Aguero, has about a 50% chance of returning to Barcelona. Now, the shoe that everyone is waiting to drop, I guess, the one that Aguero was apparently alluding to this week that hasn't happened yet, is a meeting between Lionel Messi and uh, Juan Laporte. Now, everyone and their mother thinks that Lionel should retire at Barcelona. Now, what we need, apparently, and I think this might be some posturing from Messi, is he wants kind of Laporta to take the first step towards an initi- initiating a reunion. There's a few aspects to this that I find interesting. One, like anyone who's in that much power, I'm sure Laporta has some pride. He thinks that what he did was the right decision. I'm not going to make an assessment on that. Given the financial difficulties of the club, the fact that they can't get Gavi registered as a first-team player, uh, the fact that they're going to ask more club legends to take pay cuts this summer, and going to have to perhaps loan or sell two years ago probably the brightest prospect since Lionel Messi and Ansu Fati, Ferran Torres, his first big transfer move. Uh, there's cost-cutting still happening. You know, they have to save money to sue all these media outlets. And so it's going to be tough to bring Messi back. And I don't know, despite the fact that it makes all the sense in the world, like literally <laughs> makes all the sense in the world, <laughs> Laporta might not be in a situation where he feels the need to bend over backwards for this. And so, I don't know. I go back and forth of the likelihood of it. In a fairy tale world, it makes sense. But we live in a world of spreadsheets and Barcelona's spreadsheets aren't good right now. And I don't know how far Juan Laporta is going to go to fix those in order for Messi to come back when it looks like they're going to win the league without him. Um, And I don't know. It's just interesting. It's interesting timing is what I'll say. Um, Let's talk about things outside of Barcelona world. Uh, We'll talk about Bayern Munich in a second. Kind of the biggest takeaway from Euro qualifiers yesterday was England beating Italy. They win 2-1 despite the fact that Luke Shaw went out with a red card in the 80th minute. uh, Italy mustered one shot on target. Congratulations, guys. Despite having 58% of the possession, England should have been up 3-0. Jack Grealish missed a sitter. England looks really good. They they looked really freaking good. And three of their center backs had, had yellow cards, or three of their defenders had yellow cards. Luke Shaw gets a second yellow card for the red. I mean, it's just hard to beat a team 
with that much depth. It's pretty ridiculous. Italy did not did not look good, um, despite the fact it was a two one scoreline. Uh, there weren't really any other drastic results. I'm recording this Friday morning. Uh, still some really good matches today: France, Netherlands, Czech Republic, Poland. Uh, Croatia, Wales is tomorrow. Spain, Norway is tomorrow. Get England, Ukraine. There's still a lot of good matches on the horizon for Euro qualifying. Uh, Spain has Scotland in their second match day. And then in their third, well, that's not till June, so we won't cover that. Um, let's talk about Bayern Munich a little bit. So yesterday, literally out of nowhere, uh, there were reports that Julian Nagelsmann was on the fritz, you should say. Um, I guess it was probably mid-afternoon yesterday on the east coast of the United States. And there were reports that Nagelsmann's job was in jeopardy. Now, this was this was a little surprising to see some come across. Uh, Fabrizio Romano, our good pal, <laughs> was kind of the one breaking the news. Uh, there was a tweet from him uh, about 16 hours ago that Julian Nagelsmann is set to be sacked with immediate effect as FC Bayern coach, literally out of nowhere. Uh, follow-up tweet one hour later, Thomas Tuchel becomes new FC Bayern head coach, full agreement in place. He has already accepted the job. Con contracts agreed, documents are being prepared tonight. I don't know. I uh, I don't really know how to feel about it. I mean, he hasn't... It, and then the reports go on that Nagelsmann literally didn't receive any direct communication, communication, communication from Byron. Like he found out from Twitter. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know. I always kind of thought Byron like professional club. Maybe again, maybe this is me stereotyping the German culture uh, a little bit, which is my fault. Um, but this was just like, this was something, some crap you would see out of like PSG, uh, Nagelsmann for his flaws. And I think he was learning. He's young. He was supposed to be this long-term project at Bayern Munich, not, not like a short-term, I don't know. They, they were looking like one of the best teams in Europe. They had this masterful, uh, performance covered not masterful performance, but this incredible, Matchup against Man City coming up. Yeah, they're second in the league, but Dortmund have been literally almost unbeatable. And so, I don't know, to take... And again, this is just world football, right? When you... To take the risk of your club's long-term stability in lieu of short-term... Yeah, I mean, maybe Tuchel gives you like a 15% better chance to win the Champions League. But like they were probably going to win the Bundesliga... And I, I don't know. This doesn't make much sense. You're already seeing kind of some of the mudslinging from, from Byron slipping stuff to German media outlets, talking about how Julian wasn't developing players and he was on a ski trip while players were training. Reports of disagreements between the board and Nagelsmann. Uh, Byron apparently just really liked Tuchel. They liked him when he was at Dortmund. Real Madrid were probably going to jump at him at the end of the season if Ancelotti retired, when Ancelotti retired. 
Uh, Chelsea, who knows, might have returned to the to the well of Tuchel. Uh, we've seen how this Tuchel thing goes. He's a really good manager, but he burns bridges really fast. He's basically Antonio Conte on steroids. And how that's going to mesh at a club like Byron, probably really good for 12 to 18 months. And then we'll see. All I know is he's a really good manager when it comes to motivation at first, and then professionals get sick of him. So it'll be fascinating to watch kind of that the Byron culture clash with Tuchel being Tuchel. Uh, we'll see. Um, I do have some some quotes from Laporta that I'm just now seeing. Barcelona president on Lionel Messi. Quote, Messi knows that Barca's doors are open. We will see. I have to find a way to improve the current relationship between Messi and Barca. There you go. So that's something, right? Uh, <laughs> that's him taking a step like I was talking about earlier. I have to find... He's taking kind of the, the onus on himself. I have to find a way to improve the current relationship between Messi and Barca. Let's hope you do, Laporta. Let's hope you do. Um, that's about all I have. Didn't have a guest on today because there's not too much Barcelona stuff to cover. Injuries piling up late in the season. Uh, international big goodies this week. And then I'll be back on Monday to recap some of the, the weekend fixtures. Barcelona will be back next weekend, Saturday, April 1st, against Elche in the league. And then the midweek second leg against Real Madrid and the Copa del Rey. So everyone, please subscribe to the podcast if you are not subscribed. Give it a rating if you feel like it. That would be nice too. Uh, we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, all the places to get your podcasts. And I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you next week. Thanks. Thanks.